everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. My name is Kevin Foss. I'm your host. I'm a licensed clinician specializing in the treatment of OCD and anxiety disorders. And I just want to thank you all so much for joining me today. So uh, for all of you who are new to the show, this is a question and answer based podcast. You can go over to fearcastpodcast.com. And if you have a question about OCD treatment or about anxiety disorders, which can include phobias, which can include social anxiety, generalized anxiety, all those sorts of things, um, you can send me a question and um, Uh, I will read it, consider it, and likely put it up on a future episode, just like this one. So... Thank you all again uh, for joining me. Um, as I've mentioned before, if you would like to send in, if you are so bold enough to send in an audio question, so you saying your question, so you reading your question, however you want to verbalize it, um, you can send me a, or you can record it on your computer, add it to a, uh, a shared Google Drive and email it to me. You can email it to me at, or email that link to that audio at questions at fearcastpodcast.com. Um, I'm looking out for more of those. We've had a couple of those on in the past. And uh, I have really enjoyed them. I think I think people have enjoyed them as well. Um, but uh, I, but if you would like to cut the line and uh, have your question answered as soon as possible, um, add it there, and that that would be the way to uh, that'd be the way to do it. But um, but uh, I, I'm going to be answering a question today um, from a woman named Norwegian Ruminator. That is the name that they gave me. So uh, another thing to add, by the way, is that, uh, that all the questions that I read uh, they're, they're anonymous. They're anonymous to y'all. Um, I do ask that uh, that that y- you give me your real name and email address, just for a lot of legal reasons that I would need to have that just in case something crazy happens and I need to get in touch with you. However, whatever name that you would like to put up on this podcast, you can give me that. Um, and this person has chosen Norwegian Ruminator. So I'm going to be getting into that question in just a few moments. But um, uh, my just well wishes to everybody. Hope you are all doing well out there. Hope uh, things are going well in whatever country or state or city or province you are in and uh, are, are managing to make a go of it in life and are, are being uh, happy and healthy and things are just moving forward with you. Um, I know that we just submitted all of our all of our proposals for the uh, IOCDF conferences and and also for our local uh, IOCDF affiliate down here in OCD SoCal, and uh, I'm I'm really hoping that some of them get picked up. I'm really hoping that some of them get picked up, and we actually do the conference in uh, uh, this year. And I think it's going to be well, it's going to be in Denver. Um, one, I haven't been to Colorado since I was you know a, a child, um, and you know it's it's one of those things where the memories that you have from that time, you question whether or not you actually genuinely have those, or if they were. If they were given to you by because you've like looked at pictures of that trip, or you have talked to family about that trip, and you go, "Oh, I guess I remember that," and your brain kind of fills in the blanks. I don't know. It could be a genuine memory. It could be one of those just conglomerations. But either way, I would love to go. And if I see you, um, high five me or fist bump me or whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, I, don't lick me. Don't. If that's your way of saying hi, don't. It's not for me. Thank you. And high five to you as well, or whatever that might be. Anyhow, um, but hopefully it, it all works out and hopefully we can all meet in person. I'm, I'm really wanting uh, that that to happen for this summer. Um, and uh, and then obviously for the other online conferences, uh, hopefully some of those get, uh, get accepted. Um, as I mentioned in the previous episode, as well as a point of... Um, 
point of business before I start getting into Norwegian Ruminator's question. Um, uh, uh, my private practice, Cal OCD, the California OCD and Anxiety Treatment Center, is uh, is uh, is hiring. So if you are a um, if you are a clinician who is uh, who has a, a, at least a master's degree and uh, is is uh, wanting to specialize in OCD treatment, uh, and you would like to work uh, with Cal OCD. Uh, shoot me an email with a resume, cover letter, that sort of stuff over at, uh, send me, send it to me at Kevin at calocd.com uh, and just type in like application or something like that. And, uh, and I would read it and I would be delighted to read it, to chat with you about uh, your interest and to see if, uh, if we can make a go of it. But um, uh, if, if you have questions about it, you can also just email them to me at Kevin at uh, CalOCD as well. So, all right. Uh, w- without further ado, why don't we get into Norwegian Ruminator's question? She says, I am a heterosexual identifying female who is experiencing HOCD. I have two questions. When I'm around both sexes, mostly occurring with females, I have an uninvited and intense need to kiss them in order to check how it will, f- how it will make me feel. It can also happen uh, with family members. This is causing me great distress as the images are quite intrusive and confusing. I've never acted on it, and I, I, I don't really want to, and I'm scared that, it, that I would like it if I do. It seems as though my brain won't let it go until I've tried, or until I've tried it, I can tell for sure. How can you know the difference in suppressed desire and HOCD compulsion when it comes to acts such as kissing? And how can you dampen such compulsions when your day consists of face-to-face interaction with people? In conjunction of this, how do you deal with the how do you deal with friendly interaction with close friends and individuals of the same sex that automatically sets off HOCD triggers? She ends with, thank you for sharing your knowledge about this topic and greetings from Scandinavia. So, uh, uh, Norwegian uh, Ruminator, thank you for sending this in. And uh, it, uh, it's super cool to me that that people all over the world listen to this. I know it's, it's um, I hope this didn't sound really arrogant now that I'm saying this, but I think it's really cool. It's it's one of those things where you put it out in, in on the interwebs and people will find it. Um, I, I just, I also love that, that this type of information can reach anybody. It can reach, I mean, pretty much anybody, provided you have internet access. So I guess that does exclude a good number of people. However, it, it, it means a lot that this information can get out to people who need it, especially if in your country you don't have access to this type of treatment or this type of information, um, or, or it's, it's not just readily available um, at, at, with your local therapist. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that it can make it out to everybody. All right, enough about that. Okay, so there there are a lot of questions, or there, not a lot of questions. This this is a um, this is a fantastic question, and uh, and to me it comes down to this question. Just um, I, I is it kind of the key to it is in the needing to know the difference between the suppressed desire and the HOCD. So first, I just want to point out OCD as we as we all know. It's, it's the doubting disease. So it's going to make you ask questions and question everything that you know and everything that you think you know. Um, and, and, you know, how much it, it's going to make you ask questions like uh, these are the ones that I had written down. I should also mention, um, it, bef- 
I'm all over the place tonight. So I, I said tonight already. So this this recording kind of brings me back to the good old days when I had to record after everybody fell asleep because I didn't record in my office. Tonight I'm not recording in my office. I'm just at my house. It is 9:44 at night. All the kids are asleep. The missus is probably asleep as well, and. Um, so I'm 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 in like the furthest room for the house to not wake everybody up. Um, I've tried to drink a bunch of coffee in the day because I'm like I got to record this. It is Sunday night. I want to get this out for Monday for y'all. Uh, so here's hoping it's going to sound all right, and I'm not too I don't know all over the place as I am. But here we go. Here we go. All right. So as I mentioned, HOCD or HOCD. OCD is the doubting disease, and it's going to make you question just everything that you know about yourself, and also specifically about this. It's never going to be satiated or satisfied with the answers to any of the questions you're going to give it. So, questions like, well, how much until I know, right? What percentage of me is 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 feeling these? What percentage of me feels this genuine feeling? Um you know, what will it feel like if I like it? Will I like it? I, I might. It, and also, if it's, a, if it's suppressed, is it imperative that I bring it to the surface? So, these are a lot of questions that people with HOCD, otherwise known as sexual orientation OCD or SOOCD, um, I'm using the term HOCD here because you, Norwegian Ruminator, referred to it as HOCD, but I know a lot of people are trying to move in the direction of sexual orientation OCD. For anybody out there, the vernacular is changing, but it's changing slowly. Anyways, so it, it will come down to this. The reality is you do not need to know because also we, we may never know. You asked if it's, what's the difference between the, like a suppressed desire and if it's, you know, genuine HOCD or genuine HOCD desires, right? Or the, the HOCD compulsion, right? Um, if it's suppressed, it's suppressed. Okay, so at the end of and at the end, as I mentioned, at the end of the day, you don't need to to discern the answer in order to move forward. Though HOCD or the HOCD, the HOCD, excuse me, the OCT wants you to think that it's actually vital in order to have continued relationships with people or just to continue living. It's ultimately not that important for you to know. The more you do ask, the more you're validating that question and showing yourself that that's an important question and a necessary question to ask. Now, I'll get into some things that you can do mindfulness-wise and also some exposure things that you can do to help reinforce this point. But at the end of the day, you're asking something that we can never know. If it is a suppressed feeling, if it's a suppressed desire, it's suppressed. It's either going to come out or it's not. But your rumination is 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 trying to get to the bottom of this thing and wh- whether or not it's suppressed. The problem is, the more that we go through the evaluation of where it's suppressed, how it's suppressed, oftentimes people with with um, HOCD or sexual orientation OCD will then evaluate their their feelings and say, "All right, well, I was with this person and, and I I felt this feeling." Okay. When else do I feel this feeling? Do I feel it with other men? Do I feel it with other women? Uh, do I feel it around my partner? Do I feel it around people who I've been um, uninterested in or sexually uninterested in? Um, have I felt it around um, people who do identify as gay? And and therefore, if I feel that around them, maybe that's something that I, I should feel, right? The problem is, sometimes we just feel good and sometimes we feel 
bad. Now I'm using those that that black and white to just make it simple for us. But we experience a, a whole lot of feelings and sensations and thoughts and emotions, and they exist on this very confusing, very broad gradient. And they happen sometimes at inconsistent and inconvenient times. So sometimes during tough times, we're going to feel good feelings. Sometimes during great things, we're going to feel unwanted feelings or, quote, bad feelings. So it's not just this cut and dry thing. Um, I love my wife, and sometimes I've felt bad feelings or frustration or annoyances or um, kind of blandness around her and she with me because we we are dynamic human people that that have a range of human emotion. But if I was to draw these broad conclusions based on these experiences, then I'd really throw myself into a loop. And I anticipate you and some other folks out there who might be listening to this have found themselves in that loop. So, we're going to get a, a little further into that, but I also just want to bring some awareness uh, in in terms of in terms of discerning the differences between these two. Is that you emailed me, the OCD guy? You did not email Dan Savage. You didn't email uh, a, another person who or a, a specialist in suppressed um, emotions or feelings. You emailed me. So to a certain degree, you know that this is HOCD. You know, and if you're listening to this show, and it sounds like you are, you also know how we discuss HOCD and and SOOCD and OCD in general is that it is going to be just rife with questions and doubts. And the real way to get through this isn't to get further into it with trying to get the bottom of get to the bottom of your questions but it's instead to accept that uncertainty and to back off of it so one thing that we can do and one thing that i encourage you to do is to use this awareness that you are treating this or you you have an inkling that this is man this is probably ocd and if that's the case i want you to trust yourself in that and to take the risk that that it is because i'm a, i'm saying it is all right so Another question you asked, or a specific question you asked, is how do you dampen such compulsions when your day consists of face-to-face interaction with people? So, as I've kind of been alluding to, in short, you don't. So, with our compulsions, you can't, or our, first, well, excuse me, with the intrusive thoughts, we can't eliminate them. Now, the compulsion component, and the compulsion, I, I'm wondering if you're meaning the checking aspect or the evaluation aspect of it. Now. We there's an element that we can control and an element about that that we can't control. We can't control that knee-jerk, uh, that, that want to, the, the urge to, that feeling to jump into it. That's going to be there. That's going to be a natural thing that you've reinforced over time. Now, your job isn't, isn't actually to I- eliminate the thought or the urge, but it's to eliminate your interaction with them. So if you're talking about the intrusive thought or the awareness of the thought, we need to be able to let that just just come into our awareness and just pop in when it wants to, just kind of say hi to you. It's going to be annoying. Trust me. I know it's going to be annoying. But our, our job is to control the parts that we can control, which is our active participation in it. So you might have heard me talk before about the dif- differences between active and passive thinking. So passive thinking is the sort of stuff that we have when we're just, you know, we're driving to work, we're sitting on the bus, we're, you know, hanging out with friends, and all of a sudden, a thought pops into our head about 
just stuff. That person from high school, that person uh, at work, um, what you're going to get your mom for her birthday. I don't know, just stuff pops in our head. We can recognize that that thought is there. We can also, and first off, that popped in, and that's kind of a passive thought. And sometimes maybe you'll have a subsequent thought. Let's go with the birthday thing, right? If that's kind of been top of mind or you have that coming up, your brain, you know, is working behind the scenes to try to figure this this thing out. So it's going to be giving you random questions. It's kind of thinking, but you're not actively getting into it and kind of you intentionally seeking these things out. This this passive thinking we need to just allow be there and just kind of notice that it's that it's there and we'll I'll, I'll talk about a, a way to do that in a moment active thinking is the stuff where you just you stop what you're doing or you you kind of you turn your attention toward that thought and you actively intentionally willfully start working through the problem now that's the stuff that we're doing in compulsions is intentionally doing this stuff the stuff that's passively happening i don't care and i don't want you to care it's there so what? We don't want to glorify it further by doing any intentional or any unhelpful intentional active thinking processes. So, um, so I hope that answers the question. But like, how, how do you dampen? Well, how, how do you dampen the compulsions? Well, one is to notice what things you are doing that are kind of keep, keeping this process alive. What are the compulsions that you do? Do you? check your feelings? Do you ask for reassurances? Um, do, you, do you kind of go back in time and think about uh, previous experiences? Are you reading, reading other people's reactions to see if they are doing something? Again, these are all active things that you are doing. So, one is to pull back on the effort to do that. Now, this is going to sound scary when, when I say pull back on those compulsive actions or those compulsions, because you're doing those compulsions to try to keep you safe, seemingly to keep you safe from something. So, to that point about whether or not, you, or, or, about, or about how these compulsions are kind of keeping you safe, I want to go into one specific thing you mentioned. So, how do you deal with the questions about whether or not you'd like it? So, namely, that kiss, right? Well, you you feel that you have to address this question or to evaluate that question. So that thought popped up into your mind. I wonder if I'd like it. Now, that's a thought, but that thought then insinuates this whole story. And that's, that's this is what f- is fueling this OCD cycle. And it tells you this story. If I have this thought about whether or not I like it, well, would I like it? If I like it, then this says this about me. Then this has to happen. Then this is true about me, which needs to change these other things in my life. It can be really scary when it just keeps going, right? So we don't like that answer. So you feel that you need to answer or evaluate or reconsider this question in order to keep you safe from something. It, and and for for you, it sounds like you're you're trying to keep yourself safe from this gay monster that's on the other side of this. Now, in using that term, it's what do you say? What are you keeping yourself from? And that's what I want you to think about. I'm going to call it this gay monster. It's this ambiguous thing out there, right? But well, what's on the other side of it? If you if you don't do the compulsion. If you don't evaluate it, if you don't avoid it, whatever the compulsion is, right? What's going to happen to you? What do you fear is going to happen? What are you going to have to experience or endure or suffer if you don't do this? That's the thing that you're afraid of. So, 
spend so you can think about what that is for a moment and then just say, well, all right, is my behavior actually keeping me safe from that? Right? Because you're saying so in in essence, uh, addressing it, getting to a kind of a no, that's not me ultimately quells that question and assures you that that monster won't get you today. So as I mentioned before, you ultimately do not need to be answering this question. And you're going to have to both show yourself that this question is useless to you and you're trying to call it a bluff. And one of the ways that we can do that is by taking a mindful approach. Now, this is going to be, uh, this is part of uh, acceptance and commitment therapy. This is, this is an approach that some agree with, uh, a lot of people agree with, some people don't agree with, and that's totally fine. But what, what we can start to do is just to start to notice the thoughts that we have and notice them as just thoughts that happen to be there. Now, you have associated these thoughts, this thought, with something that you need to take action on. But we're trying to take a different approach here and to kind of say this thought and treat this thought as something that isn't important to you. Now, again, it's scary because it feels really important to you right now. And it historically has felt really important to you, again, because if you don't do it, something bad's going to happen or something's on the other other end of it or, or some a change or occurrence may happen, or you're going to feel uncertain or feel something forever, right? And maybe that's the threatening thing, right? So, we're, we're in, in, in taking this approach of, of devaluing the importance of the thoughts, you can think about, um, well, I want you to think about the differences between the, the, these two statements, all right? I might like kissing that person versus... I'm having the thought that I might like kissing that person. What did you notice between the two? Well, one is, is a direct statement. I might like kissing that person. It's kind of, a, it, it's kind of an accusation. It's kind of a, a statement about you, right? It's, a, it's kind of a question, right? It might even be, I'll, I'll like kissing that person. Whatever that thought is, right? But there's a difference. I might like kissing that person to, I'm having the thought that I might like kissing that person. Now, the second one is certainly true. You are having the thought that I might like kissing that person. Similar to a moment ago, we were talking about the thought about what you're going to get your mom for her birthday or what, you know, thought about that person from high school. You are having that thought. Now, whether or not it's true, whether or not it's false, whether or not it's right or wrong, good or bad, safe or dangerous, it is a thought. And you and I get to choose which thoughts that we're going to engage in. And ultimately, most thoughts that you and I have are going to be useless. When we can take this approach of saying, I'm I'm having the thought that I might like kissing that person, it now gives us an option instead of something that we need to be on guard against. Having the thought, okay, I am having the thought. Do I need to do anything about this right now? Do I want to do anything about this right now? That answer can certainly be, no, I don't. I don't want to do anything about this right now. Great. And then, and then we don't. And then you, you don't have to. You can do something else. And that's a whole other topic of conversation. Now, by the way, you can take this approach of I, I'm having the thought about, or I'm having the feeling that, or I'm having the feeling of, right? You can even notice your thought. Notice your noticing of the thought. I'm noticing I'm having the thought that I might like it. Hey, I just noticed that I was noticing a thought about my, about whether or not I'd like to kiss that person, right? And it can go on and on. It can be turtles all the way down. And it can be the same 
you can take this approach with pretty much everything you do. And by the way, we still get to identify the thoughts that we have and then decide what it is that we're going to do. We can notice our stomach growling and we can notice that it's noon or it's, it's you know, quote, dinner time, whatever that might be. And we can say, oh, I'm, I'm noticing I'm having this sensation of, of grumbling in my stomach, right? What do we normally do when we have that feeling? We go, oh, I'm hungry. We draw the conclusion, right? And we might then say, instead, oh, I'm noticing that feeling in my stomach. And we can say, okay, what am I going to do about this? Do I need to do anything about this right now? Now, we might be in a place to go grab, some, go grab something to eat. We might not be. But we notice that feeling and we could say, all right, well, now I need to decide what I'm going to do about this. Now, that's an example of something that you and I experience all the time anyways, but that's something that you can also start to practice with these thoughts and will help you to kind of pull yourself away from, from that and be able to have a little bit more of a handle on what your response is with it. So, your second question was, how do you deal with friendly interactions with close friends and individuals of the same sex uh, when they automatically gets uh, when they automatically sets off HOCD triggers? Well, uh, again, we want to be letting these triggers happen, right? If you're asking, how do I make sure that I don't get triggered? How do I deal with these people in a safe way so that I don't get triggered? right? What you're asking is, if that's what you're asking, is you're asking, how do I do better compulsion so that I don't get triggered? Well, you're going to get triggered, and for a period of time, you are most certainly going to be triggered. But what I want you to do in showing yourself that you can interact with these people however you want, and if you're going to feel whatever it is your body's going to make you feel, great. I want you to show it's so unimportant. I want you to lean into it. I want you to make a game of it. Now, um, what this is doing, what this approach is doing is, is again, it's showing that, that this thought isn't something to be feared, it isn't something to be avoided, it isn't something to be rectified or fixed, it's something that can be played with, toyed with, elaborated on, joked about. Because oftentimes we're not afraid of the things that we joke about, right? You might have heard of gallows humor. What that is, what that does is it takes it's a release valve for our anxiety. It takes away the sting of some of these things and shows ourselves that this thing isn't in the, in this moment in this context something that needs to be treated with this fight or flight response. So I want you to lean into it. So one thing that you can do is you can you can in your head. To every person that you walk that you walk uh, up to or interact with, you can say to yourself, "You know what? I'm going to make out with this person later today. I'm going to make out with them hard." Or um, you, you can even just you can even say to yourself something like, oh, "Man, you know what? If they just changed their hair, you know what? I'd be in the sack with them tonight." Now. If both of those sound silly, it's because, well, they are. But both of those examples are something that is leaning into this fear of, oh my gosh, what if I would like it? And it, it disregards the intensity of it, and it makes a game of it. Um, I had heard years ago, and this just stuck in my head, uh, it's, it's something that threw me off when I had first heard it, and I probably heard it somewhere in like late junior high, early high school, or something like that. Um, and this person, um, they they were talking about another friend, and they this was they, they were not in a relationship. They were never going to be in a relationship. Um, it might have even been like a, a celebrity, um, and they were of the same sex. And they just went, "Yeah, you know what? I'd do them." 
And it was said so nonchalantly, and it was said as as a lighthearted joke of acknowledging this person's attractiveness, but going so over the line of saying, yeah, this person's attractive, going all the way to implying um, that they that they would have sex with this person. Now, similarly, what we're doing is in the leaning into it approach, we're 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 going for it. We're stepping way over the line into a place that is goofy, is 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 out there. Now, to make it more specific to you is that you can take the specific thoughts that you're having, the worries that you have, the oh no's, the what ifs, write those down and you can actually say those to yourselves as a fact. Yeah, I, I might do this as you talk to this person. Now, not just once, not just twice, but with each and every single person and say it a lot and elaborate on it. So there's a, th- a thing from um, improv theater where it's called Yes And. It's the basis for all good improv theater. And it, it, it's, it's yes. It's I'm agreeing with this statement or this concept or this premise. And, and then we're building on it. We're adding components to it that's going to take it to that next step. That's what we're doing with this. And we're saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll go with it. Fine, I'll go with it. But you're not cowering from it or trying to disprove it. We're going to play with it. So, um, Norwegian Ruminator, I know this is kind of a, 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 an, an in and out quick sort of, uh, sort of response. Hopefully it was quick. Um, and I hope this gives you some things to do. But as a basic takeaway, I want you to remember that, that OCD is trying to wrap you up in a question about whether or not uh, these thoughts have any meaning to you or have anything deep down that you need to resolve. Take the approach. Take the risk. Pull down that defense that you're that you're doing in in face of this potential danger, this potential monster. Take the risk and say, "I'm not going to answer this question. I'm going to leave this open ended, and I'm going to live with that uncertainty, and I'm going to let that uncertainty be there because I know that that uncertainty feeling is going to go away because it always has and it always will. It'll come back and then it'll go away and then it'll come back. That whole thing. And redirect back to your friends." Your interactions, your 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 the, the face-to-face things that you are doing with friends, colleagues, roommates, family members, whoever, and attempt to get engrossed with those, and take and take the risk that maybe not answering this question is going to lead to some catastrophe for you, because it might, but it also might not. But we don't know that on this end of it. Take the risk to pull down those defenses and see what happens. See how long you can manage to go without answering the question. And be surprised that you were able to last that long, number one. And number two, to see then what happened. And then you'll be able to see whether or not your feared story, what was on the other end of that defense, right? What the, the, the monster, did it actually get you or did nothing happen? So... Norwegian Ruminator again, thank you so much for this question, um, and best of luck. All right, everybody, thank you so much for making it through that episode. All right, so now I need to get off to editing this briefly and posting it to the, to the interwebs. Hopefully I can do it quickly, because it is late uh, for me. Uh, I've had a long day chasing around two children, but I don't know what y'all have been doing. 
Um, but everybody, if um, hopefully this question was relevant to you as well. Hopefully it was interesting. Hopefully it was helpful. If you have any follow-up to it or would like to add something for um, Norwegian Ruminator or would like to correct something that I potentially said, um, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can go to the uh, submit a question link there and you can uh, let me know. I'm very interested to find out. Um, also, if you have a success story of your own that you would like to share, also go to the submit a, uh, submit a question link and there'll be a little pull-down thing. You can put a success story there. I want to hear about them and other people want to hear about them too. So you can share those there. That would be fantastic. So um, everybody, please remember that the uh, the FearCast is not substitute for psychotherapy. If you need a little help in your uh, your treatment or getting started, you can go to fearcastpodcast.com and there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be the find help link. There's going to be some information there that might be of help to you. So um, uh, and until next time, everybody, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.